The following discussion is not necessarily the views of all involved. The goal is to start open and honest discussion in the Christian worldview. Like all things, weigh what you hear with what you know and join us in our pursuit for the truth. Enjoy the podcast. What about uh, Judaism? Like, no, no, no. Exodus? Stop. Don't um, think about it. God requires child sacrifice. That one's pretty fun. In chapter 14, you have the cheese priests want to kill Jesus. The cheese priests. <laughs> so after he's humiliated them at the temple, they want to kill him and arrest him. And I think his name was Bree, right? Yeah. <laughs> the woman anoints Jesus at Bethany. The um, Pharisees. <laughs> Anyway, welcome everyone to the Second Rate Saints podcast. This is episode nine, uh, second part of our gospel segment. Um, I'm your producer, Caleb. To my left is... Uh, I'm Colton, and to my left... Um, I'm Josh. I'm presenting the book of Mark today uh, because it's short. The gospel of Mark, according to Josh. According to Josh, yes. Who's to your left? The the judge of (laughs) Israel. (laughs) Sorry, the, the, the second prophet warrior of Israel that took over Jericho. I'm very interested. Oh, you're talking about Josh. Oh, oh, okay. oh okay. whoa. Josh. You're talking about Joshua. Yeah. I was confused. <laughs> confused. Um, to my left is another biblical character. Joel. You're the Joel. <laughs> yeah, I'm the Joel. <laughs> From my hit book, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh my God. yeah they gone, named a book after we've me. We've gone full circle now. And just like you recorded... Um, your writings you're yeah. also recording the podcast no i'm not oh darn i just have yeah. my laptop open <laughs> that's me caleb's ah. the producer this week yeah we gave it to him yeah, yeah. Was... i get to do it it's my hey caleb can i just say it was an honor taking over israel with you yeah no problem oh anytime gosh. buddy yeah colton's wishing he had a biblical name over there <laughs> um colton gets to my add something biblical, you just don't know it. yeah james what? Yeah, um, middle name is James. That's true. Colton gets to add something to the conversation. I... <laughs> but do I not normally add? <laughs> well, here's the thing: we, the three of us, have biblical names. We've oh, added the yeah. conversation. I see. There's a little thing. Now you get to go do your thing that you read books sometimes, don't you? Yeah, I've been doing a bit of reading. Uh, specifically, the book is by uh, William Paul Young. Um, Lies we believe about God. He, uh, Paul Young is known for writing The Shack, and he references in this book specifically The Shack about a billion times. Wow, it's like it's his big bestseller, his ticket to success. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. Lies We Believe About God is Paul Young uh, taking a series of tweets <laughs> that he, he posted on things that he believed were wrong or falsely held in Christianity. Yeah. Ideas like... Um, Oh, like God is more man than a woman, or uh, hell is a thing, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, things that he personally disagrees with, and he went, okay, people actually like this. I'm gonna write a whole book on it, mm-hmm. and so it's a lies we believe about God is a collection of I think it's 50 chapters. It is 28 chapters, so half, but mm-hmm. um, on all of these things. You you sent us a. A Very picture fun. of the mm-hmm. of the index at one point. Yes, and it was it ranged from laughable to like this guy's office rocker. Mm-hmm. So they are they are supposed to be like uh, in your face things that are supposed to catch your eye, like mm-hmm. crazy yeah. statements. But then sometimes he does he walks back a little bit and be like, okay, I'm not insane. Mm-hmm. 
But sometimes he is, and that, that's that's kind of the issue. I like well, the pregnant pause there. Here's here's the weird thing about Colton is mm. he's a very conservative person who likes reading very controversial books. I love like, I love that's your whole thing. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, like th- this book, he talks if you if you don't know what the shack was, it's a book he wrote, which is a fiction on a story about how to get over grief. And it's a man talking with uh, a black woman who is God, a an Asian lady who is the Holy Spirit, and then Jesus. The black woman's the Holy Spirit. But it's okay. No, it doesn't it, matter. Yeah, yeah. Is, is it? Okay, I could be wrong. No, I, I don't remember. I, it was a forever ago I wrote. Was there book. a movie adaption to it? Yes. 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 Yeah, okay, cool. Correct cool. me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, and Jesus shows up as the murderer of his daughter? Or the... Oh, right. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. I don't remember that part. What? Yeah. So in the movie adaption, at least, okay, the way for him to like forgive mm-hmm. the like the murderer, so that like he's yeah. Jesus takes him through like an astral projection thing to show him. Yeah. yeah. In the movie, he shows up yeah. his physical form for like the vision or whatever. Okay. Is he's at he he sees him as the murderer of his daughter. I so don't that, even remember that. Wow. Yeah. A- anyways, this is this is all to say uh, the shack was very controversial surprisingly uh for his portrayals of who god is is this Mm -hmm. asian or black lady i don't remember and uh that one being more minor to uh his universalist ideas yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) the universalist ideas and this kind of stuff was the more controversial stuff and this book helps here he tries to defend it a little bit further paul young is a universalist he believes that hell does not exist he believes that uh, there's a lot of things in Christianity, and especially in religion as a whole, mm-hmm. is bad, and he tends to throw out the baby with the bathwater with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this book very clearly shows that, in my opinion. Uh, I'll go over a couple of the chapter titles. Mm. They're very fun. Uh, one of the lies, these are all lies, by the way. Uh, God is in control. Is apparently I, a lie. I got big problems with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you read the chapter... I, I really have problems with arguably, that. Arguably... We've all got a big problem. Yeah. If that's the case. Oh, I, I, I do too. If you read the chapter, he goes that God, it God could be in control, but he doesn't want to be. He wants to be in relationship. That those are that's not mutually chapter. exclusive things. I, I anyway, agree. Okay. I, oh, I man. agree. This sounds like a great book. Um, God is a Christian. That's apparently a lie. He's also a, because he's a universalist. He believes that all religions lead to God, which is. Oh, oh, so, so, more so, indefensible. He, so he's not just a Christian universalist. Yeah. He's a secular, weird, spiritual universalist. I thought he was a kind Christian of. universalist. No, he, he is very Christian. Well, Christian universalism goes care. that Christ is still the method by which all things will be saved. Oh, he is. He does okay. believe that. He just believes that if you believe in, like, if you're a Muslim, for example, that you still can show love through that, and that that's just them slightly off the path. But Jesus is still the method by he which is. they are saved. Okay. Yeah. And well, Jesus is the actual real God, but he doesn't really care that other people are following other gods, mm-hmm. despite mm-hmm. the first. Despite being the embodiment of Yahweh from the Old Testament, right? Well, <sighs> yeah. D- despite his name being super important throughout the entire Old Testament. Yeah, or the what's the um what's the first, and I think second as well, uh, commandments in the oh. Old Testament. Have no other gods before me. Yeah, I, yeah. I know, but it whatever. Um, there's a lot of things. Things like God created my religion is apparently a bad thing. Uh, God requires child, child sacrifice. That one's pretty fun. Well, uh, that does seem like a lie, though. Like we're not. Giving yes, child I, this sacrifice. is why. I mean, yeah, I agree. This is Do what people... he means by they're really in your face, but that's not what he means, kind of thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of a provocateur type deal. Very provocative. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
but he's not provocative in how he writes. If you've read The Shack, you realize that he has this very lovey-dovey style of writing mm -hmm. that's like everyone's yeah. together, everyone loves each other. Mm -hmm. uh, this book exudes that greatly. He does care about people. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. a lot. With the power of friendship, we'll defeat sin. Unfortunately, a yeah. previous pastor at my church uh, read the book and he suggested Which one, that this one? no, uh, the shack. Mm. And he suggested that everybody who's in the church should read it. And he said, so that you know what it looks like when somebody weaponizes compassion against the truth. Oh, geez. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, yeah. for a quick second, I'm going to come out in defense of the shack in that yeah. I actually like the book. I, I yeah. read it when I was like 14, so it's been a mm. long time. Yeah. But. And I like heaven is for real, but and, we can't have what we want. Caveat, well, that's, that's said, the thing. Yeah. Sorry. It's, I interrupted. He, yeah, go ahead. Caveat. He said he might not willingly be doing it, but the eh. yeah, yeah, but the the uh, the the feelings, the des the desire for yeah. uh, comfort and yes, stuff like that is. It weaponized. is yeah. It is very much used inappropriately. He does throw yeah. out the baby with the bathwater. He one yeah. of the ones like God created my religions. One of the ones. Yeah. There's this idea that. Uh, God doesn't create religions. Religion is just how people try to put God in a box. Yeah. All religion. Any religion. Including Christianity. What about uh, Judaism and, like, you no, know, no, Exodus? No, no, no. Stop. Don't oh, okay. think about it. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he keeps sorry, I just blew the speakers. The, the, the answer to pretty much every chapter is God wants relationship, not, like, this structured, organized thing. So at least he's consistent. He, but, <laughs> he is very consistent. But he basically goes, religion, religion isn't a relationship, therefore it's bad. Child uh, sacrifice isn't a relationship, therefore it's bad. Oh, I, yeah, actually. Um, yeah. This idea of God does not submit God's, and it's the idea that, actually I kind of agreed with him with this one mostly. The idea, not the what he actually says. This idea that um, God does submit to our choices. Okay. Quote, quote, unquote, I know you're, I know you're reformed. I know you, you don't like that. <laughs> Even I don't like that. No, like he, quote unquote, submits because, you know, he sent his son to submit to humanity. So this idea that God, oh. that God is over everything and he, he <laughs> that sounds like governmental theory. No, that sounds like scapegoat. Oh, it does. You're yeah, right. Wow. Atonement. Because it's yeah. putting the sin of society onto, yeah. if you listen to our atonement well, episode, this is what we were trying to get at. This is a great example. No, no, no. He, he's neither of those. In terms of atonement theories, he's moral influence there. Really? Yes. High oh, five. Okay. Because he's a universalist. You have to be a universal. You have to be a moral influence theory if you're a universalist. Yeah, I guess so. Um, well, actually, that's not true. But actually, we didn't even get into universalism in our atonement theories. No, because no, it's not an atonement it's not theory. Yeah, it's not really part of it. But um, we will cover it at some point. Soteriology, probably. A lot of he yeah. does go over a bit of his testimony throughout in these ideas, and some of these points I do agree with, but usually it's the idea and not what he says specifically. Yeah. Um, things like. Uh, God does not submit. I generally agree with him with this idea mm -hmm. that this idea that God did act. Jesus did act as a servant on earth. That's basically his point. Mm -hmm. I do disagree with the idea that he then just leaves it there. That's it. Mm -hmm. And he goes like, yeah, see, God's a servant. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, but he is also over everything. He mm -hmm. is also the divine yeah. creator and stuff like that. We won't get into that because we're going to get bogged down there real, real fast. Yes, I'm not going to get start, into it. If I start arguing with <laughs> Uh, this idea, what like, God? God is a magician, like, that God isn't, th this uh, goes against, um, what, what is it called, uh, when you get stuff for being a Christian. 
Oh, blessing. Um, prosperity gospel. <laughs> prosperity gospel. Yeah, okay. blessing's yeah. a little different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's very right. against. Uh, he's very against the prosperity gospel, which what? I agreed with. That chapter, I pretty much totally agreed with. Mm-hmm. But a lot of you start to see a pattern throughout all of them. Like I said, it's re- the relationship idea. But he, he keeps bringing things back to either what he said in the shack at some point or his uh, relationship with his father and mother. Mm-hmm. Um, his mother, he said he had a good relationship, but she was depressed, whatever. Um, but his father apparently wasn't that good. They were missionaries mm-hmm. in Papua New Guinea. Yeah. Um, and so he was a very tough, very legalistic man. And it seems that as he grew older and grew into whatever he does mm-hmm. kind of thing into an authorship role, he became this very against that kind of way of thinking. Yeah. He threw out the baby, again, threw out the baby with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you Every a question? Religion's bad. Yeah. Because there's normally with books like that. Yeah. And I, I think it was in even one of the chapters that you sent to us in the group chat once. Um, was this like uh, sin doesn't separate you from God? Um, yeah, that is, that is one of them. However, um, do you think underpinning that there's a misunderstanding of the depravity of humanity? Oh, and he, very. Heavily. And that that's that like that's not just a. It, he's missing a complete cornerstone of Christian understanding. Yeah, I think he. It's a, It's very much from the heart first. He does. Yeah. He doesn't want to confront these things. The assumption that the human heart is actually a reliable compass, not some sort of tainted organ that will turn you away from God. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. But throughout the book, I don't know him personally, and I I haven't like really interacted with a lot of his stuff just the shack in this mm-hmm. he does tackle grief like again i'll defend the shack in that it's a great story about grief and getting over grief and stuff i did enjoy that mm-hmm. but the theological implications which are very mi- minor throughout mostly um i can ignore most some people can't and that's completely fair mm-hmm. but i can ignore them mm-hmm. uh but this book is purely a theological thing and is almost entirely completely wrong in my opinion it just like yeah. it has good intentions, but it's just straight emotional arguments. Mm-hmm. Question about it then, and mm-hmm. we'll be tying this into Josh's commentary on on Mark or so. Yes. Um, what is his stance on Scripture? Is Scripture authoritative? Is it kind of only when he wants to be? And does he kind of boil the gospel message? Try to pull it more from like, and I'm more going off of other books like that that I've read. Sure. Where there's similar type of like what you call it thera- therapeutic moralistic deism kind of idea, yeah. Yeah. Um, where they they extrap- extrapolate their own gospel message from the gospel themselves rather right. than letting it tell its own tale. How does he approach the gospels like like Mark, and does he view them as authoritative? Does he view them as as far as I'm, he doesn't really get into it. Um, he doesn't really get into theological like over things. He doesn't have an opinion on Mark for example, okay. or different Gospels or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's mostly just things that he thinks he doesn't like. Uh, okay. I could write one of those. Oh, I could too. <laughs> Very easily I could. But that doesn't mean he's right. In terms of biblical like accuracy, as far as I'm aware, he fully subscribes that the entire Bible is is holy gods, that kind of thing, that it's mm-hmm. good, all that. Yeah. be interesting to hear him tackle that. Yeah. I don't think he thinks... He is, like, he's not an idiot. From Well... He, I haven't, I haven't, no, sorry, uh, he's not, he really isn't. Uh, he, he does make arguments, he does say things, but he doesn't engage anything from a logical perspective. It's always from an emotional perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's always crowded in either uh, emotional language, like that's not how God, I, God feels like it should be. Mm-hmm. Or that's not, it's a relationship. God wouldn't do that if he's in a relationship. He, I keep bringing up the relationship, but he brings it up in every chapter, yeah. so I, I have to. No, that's good because it seems like he's letting 
the the pain in his life dictate what he believes it, it in um, my opinion it seems like that yeah yeah and i can and i'm sure anybody who has suffered at the hands of parents at the hands of anybody it's it's understandable to like have a worldview like placed upon you defensively mm-hmm. by your mind because you don't want to like because of the pain yeah sure. as, as far enough. as i'm worried right. he like yeah kind of like <laughs> what caleb was saying he does seem he just fully rejects yeah uh things like depravity things like uh mm-hmm. he, he this, these are the ones where he relates to his parents a lot is this idea that uh one of them is god wants to use me is a lie apparently yeah um this idea is like you don't have a relationship with your tools like mm-hmm. god mm-hmm. god never refers to as as a tool even though he does but um we work on a car you have a relationship with your tools no but yeah. like <laughs> it's not a healthy not, one no it's, <laughs> you yeah, it's usually pretty lot. abusive yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this idea of it like it's one or the other mm-hmm. it's not like there's some weird mix he can't he it, it seems like in his heart he can't harmonize this idea that there is some like we describe god uh, god is the king and the father and mm-hmm. such uh and he rejects the idea of the king not just outright but this idea that like the king comes responsibility comes mm-hmm. uh this idea of greatness and lesser that kind of idea well, authority actually authority. that gets into yeah. what i've he's very anti-authority what i've read with mark because yeah. there's there's been one of the things that i've yeah and i did a little bit of pre-reading and you, joshua yeah. did a lot more because it is his <laughs> section um but uh just doing a light glossary there was a lot of people that because of the because of their there's a shift in mark where there's like hey there's jesus ministry and the passion and then there's like there's this contrast between his quote-unquote successes versus mm-hmm. his failures quote-unquote mm-hmm. it was oh, okay. a wild theory it was weird <laughs> but <laughs> someone who's actually done some research <laughs> yes um and yeah so the topic today as we discussed in the previous podcast, is we're going to be going through the Gospels. Yeah. Uh, today we're going through Mark, led by myself. Next is Matthew, led by Joel. Yep. Yep. Next is Luke, led by Colton. Hello. And then lastly, John. That's me. Led by Caleb. Um, today I am covering Mark in its entirety in forty-five minutes to an hour. So it's great. <laughs> um. There is going so the way this is gonna go is I'm gonna talk about like the authorship and like the text as like it's like historically how it comes about. And then like there's a Mark as a piece of writing has a interesting history with how it like the its formation. And in the end of Mark there is this ch- there is this add-on, so to speak, that has this little text. And the verses it's chapter sixteen, verses nine to nineteen. 10 to 19? Uh, 16, 9 to 20. 16, 9 to 20. Okay, perfect. Um, and Arguably, those are two endings. Yes. Um, and so this is really interesting because people are like, oh my gosh, what do we do with like the Bible if it's like edited or nobody knows who wrote the first manuscript or whatever? Can um, we even prove that Mark wrote it? Can we prove that Mark wrote it or that a guy named Mark existed or that, you know, like there's Marks, but is it this yeah, Mark? Did he leave a Mark? Yeah. Did he leave a Mark? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Is, that's, is the Bible wow. made up of Marks? That's ultimately what we're worrying about here. And then we're going to go over like different ways to like organize the book of Mark throughout time. There's been different like outlines that people have created for like themes. 
Um, and then we're going to get into like the meat what are the themes yeah. of Mark. What is Mark saying? What's his main points? Yeah. Surrounding the idea of the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So, Josh, mm. why'd you write Mark? <laughs> I didn't write Mark. Oh, oh who wrote Mark? Um, who wrote Mark? So, I'm going to present the common view. Okay. This is the, the traditional argument from the beginning of its authorship. Theoretically. Um, so early church fathers go this way. This yes. is built off of early church fathers. Yes. Testimony. Yeah. There is later criticisms in the like 1800s on, but it's With, it, more prominent now to criticize Mark. But it, actually, interesting, it tends to be mostly liberal really? uh, theologians. Hmm. But that's because conservative ones tend to follow tradition. Yes, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Did it? Did Boltman take Solomon? With like like Boltman, he kind of started that whole biblical, um, let's say, uh, what should I call it? Like rethinking everything. Is he kind of the, the cornerstone of where Mark? I did not see that. But what the corner the the cornerstone I saw, like the origin for why they started criticizing mm-hmm. the gospels, was because of this idea of double standards held, mm-hmm. where in with people a lot of atheists or critics of the Bible will argue, present the idea that the church organized the Bible around uh, people who were present apostles Mm -hmm. or eyewitnesses. But if you think that Mark wrote it, Mark is not an eyewitness. He's a friend of Peter and Paul's. Mm -hmm. Um, So he wasn't present. He got his information. He was a student of Peter's and he got his information from Peter and theoretically and presented it so isn't that there's a criteria for a gospel which is apostolic authorship yeah so they have to trace that through peter yes is there anyone else who has like any claim to the information there besides in marks yeah um or is it pretty universally accepted that most of the criticisms is there's another author Hmm. Generic <laughs> anonymous. Okay. So they're like, it's either Peter or someone else. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. So like, like that's basically it. It's like, hey, it's inconsistent to say it's Mark because of all these things. Okay, mm-hmm. what else? We got nothing. Like, <laughs> okay. Right, yeah. okay, but like, like, who then? We don't know. Like, yeah. it's so it's like, hey, we've got this long history and all of this research for Mark. Hey, but there's problems. Okay, let's deal with those. Yeah, let's not just throw out the whole thing. Yeah. Okay, now what's the alternative? There it looks like there might be this other manuscript. It looks like there right. there there it might it might not have been a Jewish guy because like anyways, we'll get into it. I'll start laying down facts before we Spin jump facts. the gun. Yeah. <laughs> so the common view is that Mark, a disciple of Peter and a fellow of Paul, wrote it somewhere between uh generally 70 to 80 AD. Um, because there is a reference to, um, like, a necessity for Gospels after the destruction of Jerusalem. Yeah, that's funny. Cause, yeah. Because I, yeah, I actually vehemently is, disagree. Yeah, my yes. research is So, again, this is one of those things that later in time has become a, no, acts that. That's probably not the case. Yeah. But that's been one of those, this is one of those things that is traditionally okay. well, throughout if, time. Well, if my memory is right, it was a... Uh, one of the first actual references to it says that he says that Mark wrote, and this would be another mm-hmm. church father, Mark wrote after Peter died, which would yes. be in 64, 62 to 64. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. 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 But again, is it is it right after? Is it a few years after? Because yeah. if it's a few years after, well, then 
Well, the, the yeah. problem with this is, like we, yeah. we mentioned with Q in the first yeah. one, is Markin priority authorship, thought yeah. to be the, the first, the original. Mm-hmm. Well, Acts comes after Luke, and yeah. Luke uses Mark as a yeah. source, as a yeah. resource, and Acts doesn't mention Peter or Paul's death. Yes. So yeah. it would, and, and it's a big thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a really big thing. Yeah. Also, it doesn't mention. Also, Acts ends at like there was no persecution in the church at all, and they went <laughs> and they went about doing God's work unhindered. Yeah, and then Nero, and then yeah. se- and then seventy, after. and then yeah, yeah. And, and and it's it's noted in Acts where there's a couple times where it's like oh, and then this prophecy came true. Yeah, but they wouldn't mention Jesus. Yeah, this, and so yeah, this gets so you made a point about Luke, right? Mm-hmm. Is that Luke has aspects of Mark in it. And that's true. So 90% of the contents of Mark are found in the book of Matthew. Yep. And 50% of the contents of Mark's gospel are found in Luke. Mm-hmm. Right. Roughly. Um, what's interesting is the reason they argue for, like, like who's the audience that Mark wrote for? Um, so he's, there are word choices and phrases he uses that are Aramaic in origin that he that are translated into Greek in his and the origin of those, like the way he would translate it, like the nature of the translation argues that the author himself is Jewish or Aramaic speaker originally. Um, Also how he explains Jewish customs argues for like how he argues the customs to the audience, mm-hmm. like discusses them, sure. argues that he's writing writing to a converted Gentile group. Yeah, well, I, I what I even read there is there's yeah. a lot of like if you were going to explain it to someone who is Latin, yeah, yeah, specifically Latin, and so that okay. gets into criticisms for it. Mm. So this is interesting. So, and then the second ending looks like it was like chap verse nine, chapter sixteen, verses nine on. It's written in a completely different style. Like if a linguist were to analyze both texts right he would go oh this is a different man entirely right. it's not like he's quickly writing something up or whatever he doesn't speak the same way he doesn't write the same way he doesn't yeah, regardless of when language, it appears themes. it could have appeared the next day <laughs> it, it could have been a part of the original text but the person who wrote it was not mark yeah. or the author of the main body which we can get into for sure we can definitely get I'm into excited that. about it yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a fun one um also the 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 theme, like the general idea, like why is there that add-on section? Some people, there's like some interesting themes where it, it, Jesus in the body is very, he's, he's defiant of the power of like the, the corrupt power. So like the, the pharisaical powers or Rome generally, he doesn't explicitly do this, but it's, he's, the themes presented are very op- opposing to the cultural norms that Rome was imposing on the world. So okay. he was very uh, controversial. And he's <laughs> not explicitly doing this where he's presenting, hey, this guy's anti-Rome. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just Jesus is what he's doing Rome doesn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the resurrection theme coming in at the very end implies that he's the, the, resurrec- the resurrection not... It ends with them running away, afraid. Ter- afraid. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it invites the author, uh, the 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 reader, into making a choice: Are you going to run away in fear, or are you going to let him become the Lord and Savior of your life? Blah blah blah. Um, but it's 
the resurrection it, it it leaves with that cliffhanger it specifically says he rose yeah but mm. the, the cliffhanger asks a question are you gonna go on with this book with with this character jesus who claims who is a historical figure or are you going to continue in the life you've been living okay. um which is an interesting point presenting for mark because of where he came from because of the uh the aramaic origin of mark or mm-hmm. whatever how how widely accepted is this idea that the ending of mark is the actual ending and we haven't just lost it um the, the original not the yeah add-on. so the add-on they they can't are so that we're gonna we're about to get into that okay so church historian asubius in ad 263 to 339 uh famous or or original church historian one of like the first big guys yep um first dated mark as having the author and he quotes a guy named papias bishop of hierapolis this is a for the defenders of the markian um origin for Mm -hmm. the book of mark um quote him a ton because he's he he was around at the same time that mark was and he mentions that mark wrote it and a lot of the quotes that you've already mentioned are papias speaking Mm -hmm. um You've also got Irenaeus in 180 referring to Peter and Paul similarly asserts that now Matthew published a written gospel among the Hebrews in their own tongue while Peter and Paul were evangelizing found in the church in Rome. Mm. But after their departure, Mark, the disciple and interpreter of Peter himself, also handed over to us in writing. Um, you've got Clement of Alexandria in 180 AD uh, does it again, says the spirit through Peter through Mark. Um, and then you've got um, many um, uh, references throughout Mark, copious, that were common things that you would hear uh, Palestinian Jewish people who spoke Aramaic would say. Okay. Um, and you've got a large number of Latinisms that he says would also fit for a Roman provenance place of origin so he might have been a jewish person that was born in latin roman empire or or he could have crafted yeah. the message for that i i yeah. also heard that not only was it like <clears throat> if i'm sorry you were gonna say something yeah i was just gonna say that could be explained by mark following around paul yes and that his interaction with the gentiles in that way could have formed the paul's interaction Bible. and most of his, his epistles reference more of a hellenistic yeah, uh, cultural okay. and but Peter yeah. goes to Rome and does ministry yeah. in Rome, and so mm-hmm. it's thought that when he was there. Now, I also did read early, uh, yeah. later though that um, some people ascribe that it pops up first in Italy, yeah. which is more most likely. It seems to be yeah. the most common. But there is a couple people saying that oh well, it popped up in Alexandria in Egypt, and mm-hmm. Eusebius tries to yes. unify those two by after after Peter dies. Yeah. Paul goes, goes to Alexandria, to where Alexandria. a major part of the church was. And I believe it. that's where John Mark dies. I think that's tradition, yes. That, that's yes. The, 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 yeah, because he's, I believe he's torn up in the rain by a bunch of uh, Roman soldiers. Huh. And then the church collects the remains and buries them. You know, you want to know a really that's bad the joke that I'll story. probably cut out? There's, you can't prove it, but whatever. You want to know a really good joke that I'll probably cut out? Yeah. So the Christians go to, uh, go to the Colosseum, right? They walk up there, right? Or just the end. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. goes, right? And they check the scoreboard. And it's Lions 8, Christians 0. 
Nice. Um, That's good. So you've also got the identification of Rufus and Alexander as the sons of Simon of Cyrene. Um, in which are also referenced in Romans. Right. Um, yes. And so you've got um, that Rufus is also like a Roman name specifically. Yep. And they're, yeah. So you've got this interesting where like he would have only done that if he was from Rome, like, mm-hmm. like in the Roman area, knew the Roman people, the Roman church who became the Roman church, um, stuff like that. So Mark with Peter could have done that. Um, however, there are criticisms. His references to Jewish culture sound like somebody who wasn't from Jerusalem. Okay. But was most likely Jewish. So Jewish, but living in a place far from and knew about customs in the Jewish mm-hmm. homeland, but referenced them oddly. Okay. So he doesn't say them like he, um, for example, he says the Pharisees and all the Jews practice ceremonial washing. When in fact it was distinctly pharisaical. So he said like, hey, Jews do this. But like, it's like you would have only said that if you were like vaguely aware of Jewish custom, not the facts. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas if you were from that area, you would have said to a bunch of Roman people, hey, the Pharisees did this and maybe some Jewish people, maybe the rest of the population sometimes. Okay. Yeah. I guess in like a more modern sense, or at least for us, it would be the same as like, as I've been com- becoming like a, a pastor type deal, yeah. people have asked me if I can get married. Yeah, it's like they might know about Christianity, but they don't know these specific details. They might even yes. be Christian; they just don't know yeah, sure. exactly. And what if the you're rules somebody are. of that culture, you'll say things without thinking them mm-hmm. that are specific. Yeah, and so right. isms and all that. Yeah. yeah, and so he does this. Also, he mentions uh, distances between locations, mm-hmm. and he gives the wrong distance. We aren't going to yeah. get into that. Yeah, what that means, but <laughs> theoretically, there's theological reasons. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, Luke gets caught for that as well. So. Yeah, but probably right. for different reasons. Is that? I don't know what you guys are talking about, so we'll leave that. <laughs> I was getting infallibility versus. Uh, oh, okay. Inerrancy. Oh, yeah, because yeah. that has to come into play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but Luke actually but, normally gets distances right, as far as I'm aware. Yes. Oh, because okay. it's like he's more accurate with distances than Josephus. Oh, yeah. that's But this weird. one is like it's. It's an easy mistake. Mm-hmm. Like, his is like, oh, like, um, it's 30 miles to this location. It's actually 20. Like, it's mm-hmm. a, it's not like he's like way he's off. It's like a guesstimate. Yeah. 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 And so, but you would only say that if you were, if I was, I'm not from Texas. I would say, yeah, Texas is smaller than Alaska. Like, right. sure. But like, <laughs> you know, like, I guess. How much smaller? Like, yeah. you know, like Canada's. Got the biggest coastline of any country on planet Earth. Except you can't measure coastlines because that whole weird thing. The yeah. Uh, nope. <laughs> right. Whatever. Like, <laughs> like, and you'll just give some number. Like, oh yeah, this this podcast is an hour and thirty minutes. Well, it's actually an hour and thirty four. Right. Like, yeah. but if you walk yeah. those miles, you might know. But if you walk those miles, act. you would say it's twenty two miles. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, you or would. even something closer to. Yeah. It. Yeah. Um. And. Maybe. Again, it's a lot of the criticisms are like this, where it's like, hey, if he's this kind of person, if Mark was this kind of person, he wouldn't have said this. Now, if is, he was... is it like, is there just a lot of those, or is it like that one time he said thirty? No, it's it's a lot of stuff like this, where it's like, if he's if he is an Aramaic Jew, he wouldn't have written it like this. Okay, naturally, if 
yes, there are Latinisms, but they're 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 not Latinisms as like he's presenting it to Latin people. They're Latinisms as if he is Latin. Okay. Like okay. here's the thing though. Yeah. As far as I can tell. Yeah. We know so little about John Mark, the proposed mm-hmm. author. We don't know what his family life was like, what his no. economic status was like, mm-hmm. any sort of stuff like that. He might have been born an Aramaic Jew, but if his yes. entire cultural experience is with Latins... And... Eh. Yeah, and, and if he was... Syria is the idea of where he's from, right? And Isn't his mother a contributor to Paul, though? Don't yes. we know that? And he owns a house in Jerusalem. He owns one? Yes, it's mentioned in Acts. It's where a bunch of the disciples meet yeah, that's later true. on in Acts. Yeah. You're right. The and house of John Mark. Yeah, but he come, it Peter doesn't comes. say it's the house that he lives in it's a property that he owns yeah so it's probably a familial yeah economic yeah, yeah that, i could see yeah. That. yeah and so there are it's like this where it's like hey there mark there are problems with agreeing that mark is the author mm-hmm. there's definite problems in agreeing that mark there is definitive reason to believe that mark is not the entire author of the entirety of what is given to you in your bible because of the addition. Mm-hmm. The addition is, there's no argument that it's his. Um, was it an add-on from Matthew? Was it a quick scribble? Similar to Matthew's because they all shared the same, the, all the disciples and like the church fathers shared the same knowledge. Yeah. Um, the memorized stories. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely not the author of the main body that wrote the last few verses. Yeah. Um, and then we get into the ending. But can I bring more to say? Like, like there's, I brought this up in the previously yeah. though. Um, if you were going to ascribe a gospel to one of the early church characters, yes. right? Yeah. It would make, it would be crazy to assign it to someone who's like, okay, so the, he went on a missionary trip with Paul. Yeah. And then he backed out and Paul was like, ah, you're not good at this job. I don't want you anymore. Later yeah. on, they patched it up. But still, there's really rocky start because yeah. Mark just left. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't say why. Yeah, um, Paul was angry. Paul was very angry. Yeah, <laughs> for many reasons. Yeah, <laughs> not just Mark. But then you know he comes under under Peter's wing and all that kind of stuff. But if you yeah. were going to like, hey, this is an official gospel. If it's written off of the memory and the teachings um, of Peter, and it's mm-hmm. really kind of like the gospel of Peter through Mark, yeah. you would have emphasized that. Yeah. Unless you were sure that it was Mark, because yeah. it doesn't help the authenticity, or it doesn't help the the authority or the perceived yeah. authority of the text. If yeah. you just say, "Hey, it's Mark," you rather know, than one of the apostles, exactly, or, something else. or some other rather yeah. big name. Why yeah. not just if Peter is the influence for all of Mark's writings because he's a disciple of Mark? Why not just say it's the Gospel of Peter? Right. Like, mm-hmm. unless it was written by which Mark. Is maybe, unless it was written by Mark, which is maybe what uh, John does. But we'll get there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we get into the... Well, what about the other ending? This is a really interesting discussion. Now, which other ending? So... Maybe two. Maybe yeah. two, but... Okay, so here's the thing. The first person to note to say that this last section... Sorry, let me restart. I, my notes are in a different order than what I want to present it in. Okay. First of all, people are like, well, why do people count the ending as part of the gospel? The reason is is because 99% of all manuscripts found... We're we're talking about specifically 16, 9. 9 to 20. Yeah. Yeah. 99% of all manuscripts of Mark found, Mm. of which there are 1,600 alone in Greek, never mind Latin and uh, Syriac and uh, 
uh, Aramaic. Mm-hmm. Um, 99% of all the manuscripts found are have the edition on it. This is another thing I found. Only two don't. Are those two the oldest? Do we no. know that? We, oh, interesting. No. no. Well, hold on. Um, because huh. <laughs> hmm, because that means either that they copied a document that is older than them, and they just left it out, or that, and they just left out that that edition, or there actually was an older document that didn't have that edition, which would be the argument. Yes, and. But either way, it's that edition happened very early. Yes, and so I don't, a... I don't know if I'm jumping ahead a little bit, yeah. but uh, if if it's the case that these this minority of ones that excluded yeah. aren't the oldest ones, then why do we say that those are the more accurate older ones? The reason for that is because church historians at the time, most prominently a guy in the 900s named Ephraim, was one of the first to write that the second ending was an addition. Mm. And but the addition he writes is known to have been added on hundreds of years before him. Now this is interesting because there is a famous Greek, there's a famous early Christian in 180 AD named Arrhenius, who quotes the second ending. Okay. So he quotes verse 19, chapter 16, verse 19. Yeah. Um, so within a hundred years of the gospel's authorship, at least. The right. add-in, the add-on was known. Maybe not present in the text, but known. And when you say earliest, this is this is the confusing part. And I should have been more specific. It's the they're two of the earliest found, but they date to three fourth century. Right. But Arrhenius and other guys quote the second ending before the earliest gospels that we have found okay. that don't have it. So it was added on. Very, 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 very early. Yes. Including Justin Marshall and Tatian. They both quote the second ending. And there are 23 un, uh, manuscripts that have alternate endings with anomalies. So they that's where you get the idea that there's maybe two yep. mm-hmm. add-on endings. Is because 23 of the manuscripts found have, um, like, they'll have the second ending. And then they'll just, three verses will be missing. Right. Or like. They'll have one, and then I've, they'll... I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that might be because it was being written to a specific audience or the copier forgot. Like, uh, But when hmm. 23 and 2 are surrounded by 1,600-plus that are unified right. in their yeah. authorship, like their organization, it is known by his, historians claim... Historians of the time claim that the second ending is added on. Okay. Not original to Mark. The literary structure does not follow Mark's writing. It's definitely not the author of whoever that is mm. that wrote it. It may have been added five seconds after. <laughs> However, like that's that's the argument. At least within a hundred years. So in my mind, and when I've come across mm-hmm. this before, it's always been was it there before canonization? Yeah. Or or after? Is, is there a possibility that, like, we've always accepted it as being part of the, ah, okay. So there was some disagreement in, yeah. in 900, you well, said. And when e- yeah, even Ephraim says, he says, this was not the original document, mm-hmm. but he doesn't claim that it's not canon. Well, did, okay. Maybe but, maybe this is why yeah. we won't get into this, is because it does depend on your view yes. on church authority. Yeah. Because, and I'm, yeah. 
Yeah. Because if, if you believe that the church is guided by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in such a way that this top-down type structure, we're talking Catholics and Orthodox, um, actually are led into, hey, this book as it is written in front of our eyes as yeah. it is now is scripturally authoritatively God's word. Mm-hmm. Period. End of discussion. Doesn't matter how it got there. Mm-hmm. Or are you more in the line of like, well, the original, the original mm-hmm. manuscript yeah. that was written by the original author yeah. is that's is God's word put through human hands. Mm-hmm. And then that's there's there's and, differences. Well, then you're going to run into the the problem of not having the correct distances and stuff. It's like, well, God wouldn't get Google Maps wrong. Is well, that the, the idea? idea that God's word through human hands. I'm I, I'm still yeah. allowing the uh, yeah. in that phrasing. I'm I'm meaning that. He, he right. works with humans in that, not God. Yeah. God's exact words go to paper. Well, I mean, right. You can say pretty, pretty clearly that the Bible is um, perfect revelation kept through imperfect means, right? Like that's a huge theme okay. in the Old yeah. Testament, right? Yep. Depending on what you mean yeah. by that, yes. Okay. Yeah. Mean, by imperfect means, you just mean people, right? Yeah. Okay. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and presented if that means that 14 different people wrote this and it accumulated over a few hundred years and then yeah. it became sure. a singular document which i think we'll have our we'll, we'll dedicate a say, whole episode to this yeah. um this is a massive thing in my yeah. deuteronomy ecclesiastes mm-hmm. and sometimes and new and, testament is way and I think easier ephraim sure. avoids this by saying hey this doesn't look historically we understand ephraim complaint mm-hmm. claims that this is not the original body of work but it could have been added on five seconds after, like by by a different hand. Sure. But author keels over and the guy finishes it up. <laughs> yeah. Or he's like, oh, I should add. That's I should write yeah. that down. Uh, Cornelius, go write that. Like write that on the end of the piece of paper. See, see my thing. Like my thing. What yeah, I've heard. What like, I've heard is that it it shows too much similarities with a blurring of of Matthew's mm-hmm. great uh, great commission. Yeah. Um, and Axe's weird summary little thing. Yeah. Um, and that it appears as though that was added on after Matthew and yeah. Axe were written. Okay. And that the the editor slash person who made the yeah. edition was influenced by those two works. Absolutely. Um, sure. To be fair, he would only have to be influenced by Matthew as he could have lived yeah. through Axe and still been influenced yeah. toward it. That book necessarily didn't have and to be written. That still satisfies with the first quote being in 180 AD because both of those documents yeah. were finished before 180 AD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but we'll get into Matthew's yeah. stuff with, with Joel. Um, yeah. um, but all the themes in the theology really is done by the original author thought to be John Mark. Yes. Um, yeah. How does that reflect? So I'm going to give two outlines. Um, there's an interesting division where it seems like everything divides a chapter eight. At least. And then there are some outlines that separate chapters 10 to 12 from, sorry, 9 to 11 from 11 to 16. Okay. Um, but basically, like, uh, the first easy outline that you can find for Mark is there's a quick prologue on Jesus, very tiny, on his, like, baptism. Mm-hmm. And then there's the early stages of his ministry, the later stages of his ministry, sorry, the early stages of his ministry in Galilee, mm-hmm. the later stages of his ministry in Galilee, then the ministry outside of Galilee, and then journey to Jerusalem, ministry to Jerusalem, death of Christ, resurrection. Okay. And then the fun part. 
and then the fun part. So like that's like that's like an easy like what is happening, okay. not like mm-hmm. themes. Mm. Um, but then you get into structure, just structure. Um, and we'll get into themes later. Okay. Um, but then there's other ones where they they like they talk about the ministry and the different like themes in the ministries from chapters one to eight and then about him how did you how did you say it oh there was his ministry and then his passion yes his ministry and then his passion yeah well that's i I, sorry if i'm if i'm going to interject or whether or not this is going to lead anywhere one of the things that i also saw with the themes is there's there seems to be a divide in his ministry on whether or not that he's like hey is he are they emphasizing that this is god in flesh or yeah. are they trying to stress like that Greek sort of idea of like, hey, this is this is the God man, mm-hmm. um, and right. that it's really not doing either. It's trying to do kind of accomplish that question, but in a very Jewish way. Yes, and this, the, this is what's interesting is whether argue what you want on the authorship of Mark, the way he writes the stories is in a very Jewish mm. way. Mm-hmm. So the guy is at least versed in yeah. well in how jews write stories okay. at the time how the israelites from, write stories yeah and from what what i've been taught uh there's this idea that he references or parallels a lot of old testament stuff with yeah. new testament stuff in a very similar way to how it was written even then oh absolutely and i'm just talking about structure right now mm-hmm. sure like structurally he writes jewish and mm-hmm. themes he might speak latin or greek or most likely not Greek at all. Most likely Latin and Aramaic. But th- structurally, literally, yeah. he's writing Jewish. Um, and for example, what he does is he'll tell, he'll open a story and then it'll like divert slightly or it'll be within the story itself. Mm-hmm. He'll present a truth and then the story will end with its like other half. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like A, B, A essentially like a mini chiasm um it's a tiny chiasm and just so just so people know what a chiasm is um chiasm has like you have like your document a or like your your verse a and then it'll be indented one and that'll be like a one and then it'll go back out to a so it's kind of like there's a middle point except it gets really elaborate really fast yeah it's one of the most basic structures of hebrew poetry yes right and it's usually thematic isn't it like each each a a a one a one. It really can be connected in any way, right? Yeah. Like okay. As long as the beginning yeah. and ending have the same point, and then in the center you'll have the focus, right? Yeah. So in the same way that like a stanza would be our most basic line of poetry, it's right. like rhymes yeah. a b a b. Well, instead they would be a and then b then c then b again and then a, and then you'll know that c is the focus, yeah. right? Right. That's the okay. idea. And the one of the most complicated examples of this is if you read the entire story of Noah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, the middle section, which is like point J yeah. or K, um, is God remembered Noah. Also, yeah. right. all of Lamentations, save for the last chapter, yes. which breaks down, is <laughs> the um, idea that God will bring, God will restore Israel again. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the book of First Corinthians, the entire thing is a chiasm. The yeah. middle section of Romans from eight to twelve mm-hmm. is a chiasm. Yeah. Um, like, if you look into the structure, you'll see it everywhere yeah. in Scripture. And oh. what? Mark does is he does this with every story in like many ways, right? In many ways. It's ABA, 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 ABA mm-hmm. every time. And so like the the first one is 12 chapters. Sorry, 12 verses, 
chapter 2, uh, 1 to 12. The paralytic is brought before Jesus, the whole story. Blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they argue about his authority, and then he heals the paralytic. And the point is, is that his ability to heal the paralyzed mm-hmm. argues that he has authority. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, and he also ties that with sins. Yes. Which is the big portion. Yes. Uh, the authority which to actually is the sins. problem. Jesus has does dispute over Jesus' authority to forgive sins. I don't know. I was, I was just ta- I was just taught that sin doesn't really exist. <laughs> oh, is your oh, name Paul Young? Uh, w. M. Paul Young. Yeah, William Paul Young. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like the next story is chapter three twenty to thirty one, verse thirty five. Jesus' family goes out to restrain him, like at the house, and then there's this whole controversy over Beelzebub. Um, is he the is he the prince of demons? Yeah. And then uh, Jesus' family arrives, and Jesus says, who is his true family? And so there's discussion over who is Jesus. Is he with who? What group is he a part of? Mm. And Jesus mm. claims himself to be a part of this true family. Um, and then in chapter 4, Jesus tells the parable of the sower and the seed. Um, and then Jesus, they ask Jesus, why does Jesus speak in parables? And then he explains the sower and the seed parable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and then Jesus, Jairus asks Jesus to heal his dying daughter. The hemorrhaging woman touches Jesus' uh, clothes. And then Jesus raises the daughter of Jairus to life. Mm. Um, yeah. uh, and what happens in the story of the hemorrhaging woman touching Jesus relates to the story of Jairus on both ends. And presents to you why it's so important that he raised Jairus' daughter. Besides the fact that he just related the story, the raised Jairus. Oh, I just had a thought, but I'm gonna yeah. have to write it down and come back to that because I've like had to write on the woman with discharge for a while. Yeah, like uh, for a while ago. Oh, dude, I got a lot to talk oh, to you dude, about. Oh, dude, that's so okay. cool. Okay, yeah, moving on because yeah. it can t- relate to the temple and like coming towards <laughs> God and like you're in yeah. sin and anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got it. You've got it. Um, and then the dead though, if that's the, yeah, if that's the if that's the middle of the chiasm, interesting. Okay. The, Basically, a rule with Mark is when you read a story, you have to read everything around it because you're most likely being told the point of two other parables or the parable. And Luke does something else yeah. where he'll tell you three parables in a row that mm. are like a simple one, a medium one, and then a long one. And the first two, Jesus is saying, hey, there's this truth. And they're like, we don't understand what you mean. Yeah. And then the third one is like, boom, knowledge drop. And they're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Retroactively, you understand a lot. Yeah. 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 And that's what happens in the book of Exodus. Luke understood how they wrote and blah, blah, blah. He did it. Um, <laughs> and then in chapter eight, Jesus gives sight to the blind man of Bethsaida. Three passion predictions and discipleship teachings. And then Jesus gives sight to a blind man named Bartimaeus near Jericho. Mm-hmm. And what is the point? The three predictions are giving you sight about the future. Oh. <laughs> and like Jesus brings enlightenment to an individual. He opens their eyes both physically and spiritually. spiritually. Okay. By forgiveness of sins. Is that yeah. kind of the, the thing that's yeah. going on there? Um, and then the chapter nine, here's the hard division. So these were, if you notice the first five, it's dispute over Jesus' authority to forgive sins. Is he the prince of demons? Um, can he heal people can heal him by their touch he has the ability to raise people from the dead um he uh john oh i forgot chapter six so jesus sends out the 12 apostles on a mission the death of john and the baptist is recalled and then the apostles return reporting what they had done what Um, does that mean 
the the porn part is John asks. It's the point where John's disciples come yeah. up to him. And they're like, "Are you?" And he says, "Report what you see." Report what you see. Mm-hmm. The and blind being healed. The, the, yeah. yeah. The kingdom of God breaking in is yeah. basically the reference that he's making in the old. Yeah. Time. Okay. okay. And so you've got these, and then the three passion predictions of him dying, right? And so these first five chapters in chapter eight and previous are all who is this guy? Mm-hmm. He heals the dead. He heals the blind and the paralytics. He um, he speaks with authority. He does all this, but it doesn't tell you what he is. And then chapter 9, it goes, the coming of the kingdom of God in power, the transfiguration of Jesus, the coming of Elijah and the Son of Man. Yeah. Right. And so, like, chapter 9, there's that division of, like, where is that, what's the theme going on? And it's mm-hmm. asking you, who is he? And then in chapter 9, it gives you this big version of what you've been having. Well, I guess there's just, boom, there's Jesus also... is the transfigured Son of Man. Before that, you also have, like, right. as you brought up before, yeah. there's this undermining of, mm-hmm. And destabilizing of worldly authoritative yeah. regimes, whether that be religious in the Pharisees, or um, like religious gone wayward, yeah. um, political. or political, or military, or whatever. Yeah. And then so he there's this undermining of that, but yeah. then it's like, hey, by the way, king of God, and I'm gonna be king. Yeah, and not just king. I'm the one in Daniel. So the man. one who will oh, have the so everlasting cool. kingdom. Right. My yeah. favorite chiasm, the whole book of Daniel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and, besides, you know, 8 to 12. But, yeah. Or 8 um, to 14, sorry. And so, like, the coming of the kingdom of power, it's like all this crazy stuff. And then, boom, the kingdom's coming. Oh, it's the kingdom prophesied in Daniel with the everlasting kingdom. Yeah. Not just yeah. a kingdom. Right. The mm-hmm. everlasting kingdom. And I'm the son of man. Mm-hmm. And boom. Yeah. And then you've got Jesus curses the fig tree in Bethany. Why? Uh, Jesus expels sellers and buyers from the temple, and then mm-hmm. the fig tree is withered, and the importance right. of faith. Oh, so is that, that literally a... just pointing out, hey, you're not creating good fruit? Is you, that the whole? You thing? have no fruit. Yeah, you have no. no... Okay, that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> um, and then you have uh, in chapter 14, you have the chief chief priest wants chief to kill priest. Jesus. <laughs> the chief priest. So after he's humiliated them at the temple, they want to kill him and arrest him. Yeah. And I think then his a... name was Bree, right? Yeah, chief priest. Um, <laughs> the woman anoints Jesus at Bethany. The um, Pharisees. <laughs> oh my god! I'm sorry. That's good, dude. That's good. Um, and then Judas hangs, arranges to betray Jesus. He hangs in a different book. In this one, he arranges to betray Jesus to the mm-hmm. chief priests. Um, he doesn't so that, die in Mark. Um, not explicitly, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so either. No. Wait, what? What? Uh, Mark Jesus. doesn't record Judas's death. Oh, Judas. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, he didn't hate Judas like. John did? John records it, right? I think so. I don't remember. Yeah. I'm going to have to but take a look John at it. also, there might be some hard feelings between him and Judas because... Yeah, thank I wonder <laughs> why, yeah. Because he, yeah. like, specifically and does... And Satan entered him. <laughs> oh. Well, no, and then he does this... <laughs> to be this, fair, like... Judas didn't like himself either. No, no, no. You're right. Um, It'd be better that he not be born. Yeah. There's some There's some very interesting conspiracy theories about Judas. But anyways... Um, there is, yeah. Uh... Yeah, John does that line where he's like, yes, but the one that betrayed me, you don't have to worry about him. <laughs> like, yeah. like, after it's all done, Jesus is wrecked, right? It's good and happy. Yeah. Right? That problem will take care of itself. <laughs> That's like, so bad. Oh, my gosh. I might need to clip that out. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, you have the betrayal, and then it goes, Peter enters the courtyard of the high priest and sits by the fire, and then interjecting between 
him in the courtyard denying Jesus is Jesus is interrogated by the council of the chief priests. And so he's being betrayed, but Peter on the outside is uh, putting shade on Jesus, like he's denying him mm-hmm. uh, for who he is. But Jesus on the inside is being arrested for who Jesus says he is. Mm-hmm. And so there's this, this like comparison um, of responses where like, yeah, um, beautiful, like the way he just story after story after story is written in this like Jewish structure. Mm-hmm. But he's also hitting these themes of like it cuts a chapter eight. People are wondering who is this guy? And he wrenches like five things about Jesus that are like really interesting, makes him different. And then, boom, he's the incarnate uh, son of man. Mm. Which, if my memory is... Well, I just looked it up. Yeah. But um, if my memory's right, when he's questioned by the high priest, he's like, I am who you say I am. Yes. I am. Yeah. And you will see the son of man seated in righteousness coming on the cross. Yeah. And yeah. it was just like, ah! He directly yeah. quotes yeah. Daniel after his transfiguration, showing him as the yep. Danielic son of man. Yeah. And he's coming with a kingdom that never ends, which is very anti-roman yes <laughs> um and then at the end it's just like and he's gone he's not dead yeah. and you're mm. just like wait what and then was am, that, I gonna, am i gonna go away afraid wait, too is, yeah. there, is there some good news i need to hear about yes and that's like generally the big presentation of like what is mark saying he's saying hey people something crazy just happened in this backwater town this, this nowhere religion just claimed just had this moment where their potential messiah just appeared what are you gonna do about it right i'm gonna not care oh i'm all in like it's yeah i've heard people discuss this a little bit um because yeah this whole idea of like what are you gonna do like look at this ending it's in your face what does that mean yeah what's this big lead up and then just drop off yes but i've would you say that that idea that People sometimes disagree on what the focus of Mark is on the cross or on the resurrection, whereas some, some of the Gospels are a little more obvious, like they're focusing on the resurrection or whatever, the atoning power or something like that. Does, does it focus more on the atonement and the, the whole idea of the cross, or is it that because it ends the way it does, that it's saying the resurrection is the big deal? The, I'm saying they're both important, yeah, obviously. I, would, but... I, I see what you're saying because I definitely think you'll get more resurrection themes in John or yeah. Matthew. Sure. Um, but that just might be the Western or reading mark. Yeah. Yep. Um, where what's also interesting is if you lived in a culture or whoever the audience was that didn't believe in resurrection of the dead. It would be wild. It would be wild. But also Mark is like, his big thing is, hey, this is the Messiah of the Jews. And he, he resurrected. Like, right. <laughs> like, Basically. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, it's just like, yeah. hey, they believed in an earthly kingdom, blah, 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 blah. And Jesus is saying the kingdom of God, the kingdom that you've been waiting for is here, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, this like thing happens that. Well, my understanding of the main focus of yeah. Mark is more to do with the kingdom of God and its king, the son yes. of man, yeah. the identity of Christ. Yeah. And it really has to do with, say, atonement type theories or the cross or the resurrection and and what this would mesh with well is is that they the author wasn't thinking this is going to be a tool on how to be a christian Mm -hmm. this is a the story that the disciples have been sharing 
this yeah. whole time yeah. Yeah. needs to be recorded because they're dying. Yeah. And Jesus hasn't come back yet. And somebody needs to tell that story. Yeah. Let's write it down. It's the most important thing that's happened. Mm-hmm. But it's he's writing it down as what happened. Here's the story. Here's the, this is the, the, the son of man, the, the king yeah. that is bringing the kingdom. But, like, here but, you go. Much, but much like how there is obvious chiastic structures in this poetic yeah. kind of structuring, there's also yeah. going to be thematic structuring too. Yes. But it's not a how to be a Christian. Yeah. It's a, are you going to be a Christian? Okay. And mm-hmm. you would then go to a it's church. more of a prompting. To the home church. And then they would teach you how to yeah. walk in the way. Yeah. Like okay. it's, it's how it's, do we walk in light of Jesus changing the world as recorded in, in Mark? Mark? Yeah, and so it's when we, when you say like, oh yeah, well, is the resurrection or the crucifixion happening? Like the theme, mm. he's not presenting. Hey, here's a whole theas- uh, theological discussion sure. of revel- sure. of resurrection or crucifixion. Mm-hmm. He's saying. Hey, it happened. What are you gonna do about it? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I think you're right. Um, the reason I bring it up is because there's some people who go like, "Oh, the resurrection's barely mentioned. It must not be a main focus." And then they kind mm-hmm. of apply that to more than just the gospel itself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they see it's like, "Oh, that's just the confirmation, but the real important part's the cross, or, yeah. or whatever." Well, I would I, should we read that kind of thing into it, or is that not obvious? That's not part of it. I think if you were reading it like the intended audience, you would see resurrection as the big. Like, okay. Like, okay. but like, again, it's the king is here with his kingdom. Resurrection is something that happens. Like, that's, that's how he's doing it. Like, mm-hmm. that's why he, like, there's that mysterious aspect to it where they're like, wait, what? They are, there's a, there's an understanding of the resurrection of the dead okay. at the mm-hmm. time. They, when he resurrects, they go, oh, we know what this means. Mm-hmm. But, it's fleshed out to the believer when they come right to the scene not presented in the book to the original audience wouldn't it seem that the allusion to the son of man figure in daniel would obviously have to do with the resurrection at the end meaning it's not just mentioned at the end but all throughout or am i just reading too much into that i don't i don't know if the resurrection is a big theme in in mark yeah. I, I'm, I'm straight up gonna go. Well, no, no, no. I don't think okay, so. so. I'm not necessarily I saying his resurrection, but like his his coming kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Which I would say culminates, in in its entirety, in his resurrection, right? Yeah, I would agree, but only in a more systematic framework. If we're gonna limit yes, things that to Mark, Mark, is Mark yeah. I don't know if you'd make that jump. Yeah, I mean, you could. Okay, yeah, I, I think I think we were just exists. talking about like Jewish interpretation of Mark yeah. and its yes. original audience. Well, here's the thing: is I don't think its original audience was Jewish. Okay. No. Yeah. It was Latin. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We can talk about that now, right? Yeah. So I'm not sure if, if many of those same themes would be there. Mm-hmm. I think the resurrection theme would go, okay, what? I don't really know. Why would you want to be resurrected in a body again? Why wouldn't you just want to mm-hmm. ascend to some ethereal plane? Mm-hmm. And then the implication is, oh, because that's not God's plan. Yeah. And it's, okay, well, what's God's plan? Well, to resurrect you like Jesus. Yeah. Okay, what does that mean? Yeah, and then yeah. that would that, that's where you would go into it. Yeah. Okay. But I think the main thing is... So that's more for outside of the gospel itself than yeah. like interactions and as, stuff. As far as yes. I can tell, again, having, having not done the research like, as yep. extensively on this, I would have thought that this would be, okay, God's kingdom is breaking in. He selected yes. his Messiah. It's from the Jewish people. Okay, what does this mean? Yes. Oh, and, and this is how it's ushered in, in this weird physical resurrection that I've never heard of and never yeah. thought of. Mm-hmm. What? And so yes. it generates more and more questions, but it is the focus is, 
oh, his kingdom came in via resurrection, but yeah. it's the it's the yeah. kingdom. Well, yeah. And okay. Yeah, the focus okay. is on that previous than the actual. I would way agree. It happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would agree. And, and I think if you were to go systematic, it would be this: like, well, he brings in the kingdom by, you yes. know, dying by mm-hmm. fulfilling the old covenant, and you're going to get yeah. more into that. And I, I think th- in Matthew. I, oh yeah, I, I think know the that's ending. Be a huge yeah. deal I think the ending has a very uh, Jonah which, which feel to it. Sure, yeah. Um, it just ends abrupt, like, boom. Yeah. Oh, that well, no, yeah. What, what are you going to do about it now? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. With, G- with Jonah, it literally ends with a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want me to just kill 180,000 souls? And the animals? And the yeah. animals? There's like literally thousands of people. In yeah. yeah. And he's like, you really... You really want me to do that? Like, well, the, it's 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 a play on in Jonah. It's a play on like, hey, I know you're gracious and compassionate, long fast, and he yeah. lists all these attributes of God. And he's like, I know you're this way. Yeah. And God's like, so do do you want me to act in covenant love that I've revealed myself to be, or not? Yeah. That's the question. Yeah. And if I I'm going to do that, Jonah's like, I want you to kill them all. <laughs> and and he's gives a little example of the flower, and he's like, you didn't do anything to care for it, but you cared when it died i have been producing this plant mm-hmm. yes they did bad things but i don't want them to die just like you didn't want that plant to die yeah yeah like, this idea of grace <laughs> yeah. and love yeah. um and yeah and so like it ends with this question and you have to think about it which argues again for that like it may have been written to a latin audience or a gentile converted gentile audience blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. but Whoever wrote it understood Jewish, Jew, Jewish writing. Mm-hmm. He wrote it like a Jewish person with the chiasms, and he ended it with a Jewish meditative question. What are you going to do about it? You read this whole thing, and then it ends, and you're like, I don't know what to do about the resurrection. <laughs> why yeah. would anyone even, for a, Jew, yeah. for a Roman person, why would yeah. anyone even want that? Yeah. yeah. Also, what does it mean if some backwater religion has their Messiah and then he literally yeah. comes back to life? Yeah, I, nobody else has done that. Also, um, there's another um, uh, Jewishism, Middle Easternism in the uh, the the Gospels that's really interesting. When the disciples see Jesus walk on water or calm the waves, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh my gosh, this guy's God!" <laughs> right? But when they see him resurrect somebody, they're like, "Oh, it's just another miracle." Right? <laughs> Right, and well, you're like, why? And it's because the what the ocean signified. Yeah, like sure, sure, it was yeah. like, oh, like there have been other people in the Old Testament that have resurrected yeah. people, but only God calms the waves. Yeah, yeah. And only God can conquer chaos. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sees chaos. What, what does and God so, like, do? All over? they see a resurrection, and they're like, oh yeah, you God know? does that. God does. <laughs> you know? do that. But they they see this guy calm the waves, and they're like, oh. Yeah. It's only the God. A lot of water that. miracles. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Mostly yeah. water. No, no, no. But a lot of they, themes of water in the yeah. Bible. Yeah. They're fine with him talking about the water of life or, you know, producing water or whatever. Fine. But that that's water on land. Ocean water. How much do you think I can read into Jesus preaching from a boat surrounded by water? A lot. <laughs> pretty good. I would love to see a, a biblical theology on water, just like period. Man, you should do yeah, a biblical theology on water. That'd be hilarious. I'm like, hey so man, much. can I can I do this for my favorite? Can I do. Um, and he'll say absolutely I'm gonna, not. I'm gonna do <laughs> a horrible exit. A horrible segue though. You ready? Yeah. So just like Jesus cast out a bunch of people that were doing exchanging money in the sanctuary, sacrifice. Oh, no. <laughs> it's <laughs> hmm. 
uh, Josh is going to make a whip and cast out people that sell coffee in churches, right? That's what you want to do when yes. you're sacrificing so, the holy oh cow. We have finished our he discussion on coffee. Mark. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that was a good first um, on like a book, a gospel. Mm. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, Again, if you think we missed something or want to interact with the content, absolutely, absolutely comment. To Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> to clarify, just as an ending bit, the main theme of Mark, what would you say it is? Is it a compilation of many uh, things or one specific thing? <laughs> there's a kingdom coming onto the scene, and there's a king. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to side with him? Okay. How does the additional ending play into that? What the additional ending does, I think, is it just gives... Um, a clarifying statement. Well, it's just like you left it with a mystery. Well, here's the guy resurrected. I think it's a bunch of non-Jewish yeah. people not understanding a Jewish uh, yeah. literary yeah. literary right. critique of ending things dramatically with a "what do you do about it" question. Like yeah. if someone took Jonah and they're like, and then and then he went home. Something needs to happen because <laughs> it can't just end there. And then he yeah. went home, and Nineveh was saved. And Nineveh was destroyed <laughs> one generation later. Yeah, yeah. Tarshish yeah. was still fine. They were good. yeah, um, yeah. Um, okay. However. Um, Jesus did throw people out of the courts, out of the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and for and money, yeah, for for buying things in the temple and selling things in the temple for profit. Uh, <laughs> um, so there's okay. been a there's the there's some more modern bigger churches that have coffee stores in their church. What is this segment Thank called? You. We're doing a segment now, guys. I I I, <laughs> I, 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 I did announce it. I didn't know. No, I did. But for our segment, our, we're gonna bring it back because I don't yeah. know the last time we've done this. But it's been a while. It's been it's been a long time. It's sacrifice the holy cow. Yes, right. And the holy cow we are sacrificing today. What, what does that mean? Um, I mean we've explained it, haven't we? Yeah. It's also se- rather self-explanatory. Everyone has a sacred cow, a holy <laughs> cow true. that they That's want to true. keep, right? Yeah. Get it out of here. Yeah, <laughs> that is not so, something in churches or religious, the Christian religious world that doesn't that shouldn't belong, but people hold on to it like it's a fundamental belief and like, or like it's this holy thing that can't important. be touched. Yeah. yeah, get rid of it. But the Hebrews coffee shop Stop. at the back of the sanctuary. <laughs> I need my no, latte. And here's the thing. Okay, what, what's your favorite oh scriptural coffee shop name? Let me get the the coffee shop <laughs> out there first. Oh. <laughs> okay. We'll get to the jokes. Mine's holy ground. <laughs> no, no, that one's good. That one's good. So there are coffee shops in churches, sometimes in bigger churches, sometimes called Hebrews, sometimes called holy ground, sometimes, um, uh, what is it? Um, we had one just called coffee shop. Yeah, coffee shop, whatever. Um, cool so some churches, they have places like a, like a, like a cafe where mm-hmm. you can go and get coffee. There's a seating area, whatever. You oh, get Jehovah Java. Jehovah Java. Jehovah Java. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Anyways, my cup overfloweth. <laughs> yes. Uh, There's some great lines and oh, beautiful too, and I admire them. Um, but they'll and then there's churches that just serve coffee for free. Mm. Um, what oh, I what I, I want to sacrifice mm. today, get rid of it. The holy cow I want to get rid of is people at the church service, like after the service, having the coffee shop open, selling the coffee. For like, like people have to buy the coffee. Um, the reason I don't like this is because if you sell it in its entirety, like you just sell the coffee and there is no free coffee, then what you do is you you divide the church between the poor, the, the people who are able to buy it and the people that are not. Um, and when you do that, you create divisions, both in the Corinthian sense where it says do not create divisions. You're also causing an unnecessary division between class, like 
poor and the rich um, when we're supposed to be poor and rich beside each other. Um, and then you also have a problem where you... Um, oh, what is it? Um, oh, what was I going to say? I got a solution for you, though, at your specific cool. church. But just wait. Class you're... separation. Just wait. It's only places that sell the coffee entirely. Not that coffee there's no free itself. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> if devil, you have coffee beans. at the church, fine. I love that. It's one of my favorite parts of the church. It's church meeting coffee after is like the fellowship. One tier above sludge. It yeah. sucks. Yeah. It it's absolute best. garbage. <laughs> but the community and the, the camaraderie that happens after that is awesome. Um. And I realize it's just coffee, and if you can't have coffee, what's the big deal? The problem is, is that it's the the, the sentiment it creates. There's a um, in, in the the Book of Corinthians, there's a separation between the rich and the poor as relating to communion, about how they're performing it, and the rich are dividing from their their poorer brethren um, because of the the division, um, and it sucks. And Paul says, "Hey, don't do this. Eat together." Um, and I think that there is a way you can charge coffee for coffee at church, but it's an in, if all the coffee is being sold, I think that's bad. I know this hits home for you, and it just yeah. doesn't for me. Yeah, um, which is fine. But I do have a solution for for your specific church. Okay, because okay? you're Dutch Reformed Church. Yes. Um, if you have like not not Dutch Reformed Church, but there's it's a Reformed Church that is with Dutch people in it. Yeah, either way, that's yeah. the important Christian bit. Is there church. Dutch there? Yeah. Um, have paid coffee, yeah. and then have free coffee. And because you're all Dutch, you go to the free coffee, because everyone's cheap. Yeah, very frugal. <laughs> oh my goodness. Fair. That was the longest burn ever. <laughs> I can make it longer. No, no, no. The coffee will burn you itself. It's that bad. Oh, there we go, because the cup overfloweth. Yes. Oh wow. I, I say Come that on. as someone who would totally go to the free coffee. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. And that's fair. But then you got the like, oh, the poor people go to the free coffee because it's bad and it's bad, and the people who get the good coffee are rich, and like now I don't, I'm I not, don't honestly I'm not there I'm sorry I, I don't mean to push back too hard yeah but I don't think I've ever heard anyone think that like I've I've never heard someone complain about because it. it's I mean, humiliating to talk about sure okay do you think that the, do you think this is something that people think when they're no because I don't think it's that all, that common. Okay. I think it's common in big churches in cities. Okay. Um, so here's here's my thought on it. Yeah. Um, if you're going to be giving money to the church at all on Sunday morning, it should mm -hmm. probably just be your tithe. Yes. Right? And then it's the church's decision whether that makes uh, a better <laughs> church. Because ultimately, ultimately, it is not your decision um, how much a service should cost. Right, because there is a dollar value to a service put on, which is yes. kind of a weird thought, and I don't love thinking about it. But the church does give a service, right? Yes, um, that's true. And I think if they're going to incorporate coffee into that service, it is necessary in some places. Uh, you remember the church plant uh, mm -hmm. Colton and I used yeah. to volunteer at? Um, they especially had free coffee because they knew that that would get some people in off yes. the streets because they would have signs up say free coffee and we're having a service. Yeah. And they would actually assign volunteers to stand outside, give free coffee, and then just talk to people. Yeah. Right? So there's no pressure to come into the church. But once you get people returning, we actually got quite a few people who would come inside. And, and that was a whole thing. Yeah. That is a way of using free coffee to actually push your ministry forward. Um, yeah. I don't think that same <laughs> uh, 
goal is achieved when you say it's 350 it's a cappuccino <laughs> uh, we got this college student that's interning and they're going to sell you a coffee yeah um, i'm a barista for my college yeah, intern yeah and you, you oh my goodness how many college interns are baristas it's really weird to me <laughs> it's um, it's like there's a racket being formed I think so. Yep. It's, it's a cabal, a, secret yeah. cabal. Yeah. Secret I, cabal. I'm not saying what you're... Yes. Okay, Josh. I'm not saying that what you say is wrong. Yeah. Well. It just doesn't register as an importance thing well, no, for no. me. And now here's the thing. If I experienced exactly what you're saying, yeah. it would be. Yeah. Well, no, no. Here's the thing. If you want your fancy coffee, go to the Starbucks that's across the street. Right. Right, like if if if, it, if the fancy coffee is really that big of a deal, I, I do I do think that go to the other place where the fancy coffee sold. So is your issue with like? Cause do you think that if they were to serve specialty coffee, that they should give it for free, or just not to do it at all? No, it's just it's the when it's at church on Sunday, there is a when it's on church at church on Sunday, there is a point to fellowship where the divisions are removed away. Sure. And whereas if if that coffee shop exists mm -hmm. and it's open the rest of the week and they charge for people, fine. The church isn't open. It's not a church event. But if it's a church event where we're all sharing in this fellowship, then the means for that fellowship has to be common. Right. And so. This is a very first century church problem. Yes. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so yeah. I've seen another um, kind of. Not, sorry, not first century. First world. Another problem. way people have dealt with this is um, we're going to give out cards for first time. Uh, attendees yes and then you can turn in those contact cards or whatever oh, for a yeah. free copy i'm not a big fan from of that. whenever yeah mm -hmm. i kind of like it i mean yeah, that's a good evangelism I, tool it, it makes sense <laughs> the, I'm church personally not a big fan. the church that uh joel and i went to just a couple times to see mm -hmm. had a lot of problems but one of the things that they did was like hey text this number and we'll give you a free starbucks uh, 15 dollar gift Caught yeah, so crazy. which is they wild. Called wow. baptizing, dunking the every single time. time. I was about to just shoot out of the roof. <laughs> so they'll give you they'll so it's just Dunkin' Donuts. They give you the coffee Dunkin and the donuts. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh know. man, um, are we gonna handle it's that? A, it's a, no, <laughs> no, um, no, but um, it's a minor problem. It's just I feel like there are many problems in the church like this where we start to create divisions for pleasure yeah sure. i think you bring mm. yeah i think yeah. you bring up something interesting and joel i think i more agree with what you're saying this i this idea that yeah because we were at that church plant and yeah. it was an interesting thing um that giving out coffee bringing people in yeah i know that some people really disagree and we might have had this on previous podcast before yeah. that people disagree with the idea of selling church like it's a coffee shop mm -hmm. which yeah. i i understand but buying converts yeah but we do it in other ways, we just followers. don't talk about it. I mean, no, I don't well, have any followers. Well, here's the other thing. I didn't agree with this until we started. <laughs> until, wait, what's going on? Okay, um, I didn't I agree with that, this yeah. until we started working at that church. Okay. Yeah. Um, I grew up in a church that was, you don't eat in church. Right. You know, a water bottle is like even a bit much, you know? <laughs> and, and that was just where I was from. Like a lot of the people were older and they mm. grew up in a way that if you ate in church, then that's disrespectful yeah. to God because, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. But they still had kitchens. I grew, I grew up in the They opposite. still had yeah. kitchens but, but in the churches. What? I didn't understand what? it. God made mouths, and I'm getting tired and need to eat. Well, thanks for making it this far into the Second Rate Saints podcast with us. Um, we appreciate your listening, and uh, I guess we can just end it. Yeah. You took my job. This time? I was, I was the producer this well, time. You all took my job. <laughs>
Hope you like learning, hey, listening about Mars. Hey, in our <laughs> because <laughs> next week, because I'm the producer, I end it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Joel. <laughs> I'm glad we don't have video. Joel is Joel's gonna be talking about Matthew. Yeah. Um, is there any? <laughs> <laughs> Joel's throat's cramping up, so I'm gonna end this before we have to take him to the hospital. Joel, I'm sorry.